Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> welcome to Frank Film Club. The film club where anything goes and everyone's welcome. Take one. everybody and welcome back to Frank Film Club, uh, your new favourite podcast where anything goes and everyone's welcome. Today uh, myself, Maisie and my two friends Hannah and Lowry will be chatting about the 2008 Studio Ghibli film Ponyo. I first saw this film when I was introduced to the magical world of Studio Ghibli only about a year ago uh, where my friend Julia sat me down and said this is Studio Ghibli <laughs> and we started <laughs> we started with Ponyo um, and we watched Princess Mononoke and then since I've watched Spirited Away but I'm desperate to watch so many more but I wanted to bring this film to the club um, because I feel like Ponyo uh, was hands down one of my favorite films that I watched last year. The film features Yuri Nara who plays Ponyo Hiroki Doi, who plays Sasuke, Joji Tokoro, who plays Fujimoto, Yuki Amami, who plays Grandmama, and the film was directed by Hayao Miyazaki, and it was his eighth movie with Studio Ghibli. So, everyone, what did you think? I am really gutted that I haven't seen this film earlier, and that I haven't been introduced to uh, this whole world of film before now. End of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're keeping it brief, yeah. Okay. I mirror that sentiment. I have seen um, Spirited Away before watching Ponyo, but what an absolute joy. Um, yeah, keeping it brief. I loved it. So you mentioned Spirited Away, also directed by Miyazaki. Have either of you watched any other Studio Ghibli movies before this? I'd also seen Spirited Away, but that that was it. And that was only very recent still. Well, Studio Ghibli movies and Miyazaki's style, I guess, is just really celebrated for the magical depiction of a very ordinary world. Um, do you find that you are able to lose yourself in a film like this? Yeah, I completely love the whole world. Like, even from the intro, I was like, so like, wow, this is like the the score to the whole thing is just like magical. And you just feel like you're in a whole new world. Um, and also like the the it's so much about the earth and about the environment. And I straight away was like, oh, my gosh, I love this. And like, the themes in it were so intriguing. You talked about the opening sequence there, Lowry. I just find maybe it's the way that. Um, this type of animation moves or the colours that are within it or something. Everything feels... I know we started out in the sea, but everything feels like a wave and it sort of soothes you into what you're watching. Yeah. Is it 
the way that it moves that makes it feel different? I would say that Miyazaki definitely has a very different take in this world because he describes animators as being actors. Um, I have worked on animation before and what they will do is they will have people who act out the scene and then record them and then the animator can look at their movements and do that. I'm not sure if that's the same like process that actually happens but I think what Miyazaki wants from his animators is for them to feel what the character is feeling and, and be able to portray that through what they draw and the way that they animate it and so I do think that it is a it seems like he works in a very very creative way and the animators actually get so much control over how this person experiences the world and how you know how they move and interact and and you know so on I have some questions okay go for it I was wondering what the meaning was behind certain things is the guy who whose voice is Liam Neeson is he who is he is he evil is he not you know I just had a few questions so so Liam Neeson voices uh Fujimoto who is is Bon is Ponyo's dad um and he uh he is like a sorcerer and he has like potions and so he is able to control the sea etc and he has all these these different sort of potions etc so when at the end you see them all underwater it's because he has like a big bubble that they can all kind of be in basically and they're not dead but they can just exist there because of his potions but yes, Ponyo's dad and then Ponyo's mother is Grandma Mare and she uh, is the goddess of the sea and is just like the most stunning, large, pink creature that ever existed and we can get to her in a second. Yeah, what does it all mean? I And then where does the thread through come in with um, climate? Because I was trying to find what the um end moral of the story was you know but I don't was it was there a little tie up at the end for that or not with Ponyo I think her parents are terrified that she will be seafoam and it's about like her own independence and like this one girl's kind of like journey to find true love and whether or not that's going to like succeed in Sosuke I just thought maybe I, I was looking out for something towards the end that was gonna signify that within the story do you know what I mean like a lesson I think other movies uh especially in uh Princess Mononoke it definitely has a far more like heavy link to like the environment and to like pollution but with Ponyo it feels like that is just something that's like noted because we spend so much time kind of like in the ocean is is this a thing like throughout a lot of his films that he he like uh, references to the environment quite a lot, or is it just in like Ponyo and Princess Mononoke? I do think he kind of like touches on it a lot. It's kind of hard to ignore when you're depicting, I guess, the beauty of the world. Um, but it does seem to be quite a hev- like quite a heavy influence in his work. That's really cool because I don't feel like you see that um, in like Disney films. They don't really touch on the environment at all, and I wish that they did. Like after seeing this, I'm like, God, I, watching the types of films that we were like uh, animated films when we were younger, it would have just been so useful to 
be aware of that then spark that conversation yeah yeah yeah. um I suppose with Spirited Away it's about people like adults ruining the world (laughs) and things being spoiled by an adult's like influence greed greed yeah greed totally Ponyo has been critiqued for being so visually engaging that the story opens up a lot of different avenues and doesn't provide a full explanation for for why would you say Hannah that's maybe how you felt a little yeah uh, yeah exactly and then brings the question of like well why can't we just enjoy something for an enjoyment's sake you know but I, I'm always trying to like, oh, God, that must mean something. That must mean something. But sometimes it doesn't need to. Like I enjoyed it. I was, yeah, wrapped up in it. But that's very true. I feel like in a lot of filmmaking now, it is like you only do, you only include something if it is really vital to the story. But in this, I, I just, it was just so nice to watch all these things. And I don't think it needed to be that tight. <laughs> One thing that uh, Miyazaki does so well is female characters. Now, many of his movies are led by incredible women, but we touched on Ponyo's mother, Grand Mamere, earlier. I mean, she just gives me chills. She's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I just, I, 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 I'm just so grateful that he's like made the this like female character to be just like the largest like most overpowering and beautiful woman it's like such rare qualities for a woman to have but they make her so much more amazing and I just yeah what did you guys think of her no completely agree I was the fact that she was absolutely massive I loved because you never get that. It's always like a dainty little fairy or something. Or like, yeah. yeah, or just like this lovely, like perfect, or what you'd think is like a perfect figure t- kind of thing. And she was just amazing. And also the fact that we didn't see her for quite a while and you were kind of, and and how Ponyo talks about her mother beforehand. She was like, she is like the biggest, most beautiful thing. And then you were kind of like, oh my God, who is this? Who is this woman? And then you see her. Uh, yeah, I thought she was incredible. It's like, um she is like encompassing mother nature when you think about mother nature like actually if you think about women we are the creators (laughs) yeah so (laughs) um she's just really um empowered me to believe that yeah ponyo was also an incredible female character as was um oh god what's the Lisa. As was Lisa yeah one thing that did make me laugh was when Sasuke I know Lisa was like you're the man of the house tonight. And I was like, everyone, like both of the women in this situation are definitely being the bigger person here and are definitely taking care of him. Like, don't give him that. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta let them think that sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But that that bit did annoy me because I was like, the women are definitely the stronger people in this film. (laughs) People that I know who like anime are, um, you know, 20, 20s, 30s. So this type of film maybe bar ponyo is it like spirited away for example would that be for an adult audience i don't think it's like not for children but i don't think that it's like it's designed for children to to consume solely so like our equivalent to that 
no, I feel like our equivalents to that are not fantastical. They're just like um, swearing and like crude humor. Yeah, exactly. So why? Because adults aren't playful in the UK and <laughs> the US and we don't want like nice things to watch. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like culturally when we make something for adults, there's like this like pressure for it to then also just be like really, I don't know, sweary and... I don't know if it's a pressure, it's just like it seems like there's an expectation or something. Um, but I would say that, you know, culturally in Japan, you can, you know, it's just a, it's a very, very respectful culture. And I wouldn't say that you'd make m- many things that are kind of like as crude as some of our like 6 p.m. television specials. <laughs> it just seems like a, it is just something quite particular to like the Western world. And I don't really know why. <laughs> So I was really shocked by how big the cast were for the English version. Like when uh, that guy came out of the sea with Liam Neeson's voice. So, so did you guys watch it in English? Yeah, I it just automatically it just came on in in that, and I hadn't expected it. And then Ron actually was like, "It's Liam Neeson." And I was like, "No, it's not Liam Neeson. That's it. That's like <laughs> the, the most ridiculous thing ever. Like, why would he be on this film?" And then Googled it and it was, I was like, oh. And then realised that it's also, there's also like, is Matt Damon in it? Matt Damon plays Zosuke's dad, Koichi. Kate Blanchett plays Grandmama. Tina Fey plays Lisa. And then, yeah, old Liam Neeson is... So mad. What, did you watch it with subtitles or dubbed? I watched it with subtitles... I watched it dubbed. Oh, Larry. But that, it just automatically came on as that and I didn't realise that there was the option. Uh, yeah, you can uh, automatically uh, change it back. Yeah, I didn't know that this is... <laughs> Listen, when Lowry's sat, she is sat. I don't want to move. I'm not moving. <laughs> I just thought that that's what it was. I just hadn't really thought. And then I started having conversations about it and I was like, oh, the, yeah, there was the option to watch it the other way around, but I'd already finished it by that point. I'm very intrigued to see what that viewing experience is like because you lose so much of the like connection to the character if you don't hear what their voices are like. Even though you're reading what they're saying, I you, I don't know, you just lose a connection to them. Yeah, I wouldn't say that that you can tell too much on this. I mean, other productions which we can get into, uh, have sort of like American or like English dubs. Um, and I think like sometimes the story can can change quite a lot and be lost in translation. Most notably recently, I don't know if you guys have been watching Squid Game. I saw a TikTok about it actually, and, I, and there's a one character in the Squid Game, even the words are translated sort of wrong. And in the English dubbed version or even subtitled version, she's kind of made out to be um, someone who's like stupid and poor, but like really um, like witty and like really sly and like wants to get but then actually like the words that she uses in Korean are like she's like I I've never made a lot of money for what I do but I've studied really hard or something like that and it's like actually the complete opposite of the way that she's like depicted it's just like yeah, it's more of a cultural thing where it's like, I haven't made a lot of money, but I'm like very intelligent. That's like quite a common like personality kind of like tr- trait, I guess. Like that's sort of a, yeah, in in like Korean culture. 
Um, but yeah, it was just like, she was just made out to be like really stupid and rude. And it was like, yeah, just completely lost in translation. Mm. I felt like her character was like not very likable and she wasn't really like talking about herself in like a very positive way. She was kind of making out like she was like not that great. But she was. I now do kind of want to watch the whole thing with the subtitles just to see how even that would differ. Because what I was surprised at was when it in the dub in version in the dub version, it um when the um, actual actor was speaking the the English that was coming out of their mouth was still only ever in, in the same amount of time as their like their mouth was moving so they're obviously making their sentence like short or long enough so that it fit in so they were obviously changing it massively with Asian language because so much of the sentence is in like um inflection in words you can communicate like a whole sentence with like only a a couple of kind of like syllables and so you would lose so much information if you're trying to create an English sentence which is like as short like takes as much time to say because you can just communicate so much more with with fewer sounds in Korean or even Chinese or even Japanese so yeah you definitely would miss so much Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Now it's time for In In the the Club. Club. Now it's time for In the Club, where we invite someone related to the film we're discussing to join us on Frank Film Club and give us the inside scoop. Today we have a very exciting guest, Jake Cunningham. Jake is a producer and writer who works across film and audio. He's written about film for Empire, The Eye, the BBC and Little White Lies and his latest short film as writer and producer premiered at the BFI London Film Festival. However, we wanted to chat with him today because on top of all of that, he also produces and co-hosts the brilliant podcast Ghibliotech, a podcast about Studio Ghibli. Ghibliotech is dedicated to the watching and unpacking of all movies created by the studio. Led by Michael Leder, an avowed Studio Ghibli fan, he sits down with Jake, who hasn't seen any of the studio's work before, and the two of them share their unique perspectives. If you've not listened to their podcast, it's very entertaining, um, and you should make sure that you check it out. I particularly love their Ponyo episode, but perhaps I'm a little bit biased. So please welcome Jake Cunningham. Hello. Hello. Oh, what, what, a, what an honour to appear on the podcast. It's, and what a kind greeting as well. Well, it's really great to have you. It's so nice to chat with someone who who kind of knows a lot about these films because we're semi-fans. I've watched a couple of them, but 
it's yeah you're you're kind of the guy to chat to about this so thank you for doing it oh well it's an absolute pleasure yeah uh well up until three years ago i hadn't seen any of these films uh and so i was, I was a great heathen and got many barbs in the street and people throwing eggs at me um but but now I've come out the other side of it and uh, yeah, they're, they're just the absolute best. I wonder, um, to kick us off, if you could let, tell us about the first time that you watched Ponyo and what some of your memories and like takeaway pieces were. So Ponyo, I only watched for the first time once we started making the podcast. And so the podcast was all about me learning about these films. And I, uh, Ponyo was episode 12 i think so i kind of it was literally the halfway point actually in the my watching of all of ghibli's films and i can't say the screening would have been anything spectacular probably just at home on my tv um and i'm just scribbling notes all the time uh trying to kind of weave connections between all of the other films the first thing that leaps out when you're watching ponyo is the look of it um because it is astonishingly animated um and there is there is so much movement to it. The colour of it is beautiful. And compared to so many Western kids films, you watch this and it's just on another level. It's just it's, or not even on a level, it's another ballpark. It's incredible. I wonder like what you think it is about the way that Ponyo's animated in comparison to the other films. Um that makes it different, that makes it so special. I mean, I've not watched all of them, so are there any that compare, really, in, in that sense? Well, I think the, the most direct comparison is My Neighbor Totoro. Um, and so I'm not sure how many of you seen that one, but another big Ghibli classic. Um, well, if you've seen and love Ponyo, go and visit Totoro, because oddly, Totoro is kind of Ponyo's enemy from a production standpoint, uh, because uh, My Neighbor Totoro was such a huge success, and Totoro as a character, this lovely kind of a bear, but also a cat, but also an owl. Uh, he he became such a figure for uh, kind of warmth and a kind of well a welcoming behaviour. And for the studio, literally became their logo and internationally was just this behemoth for merchandise sales. And it was the only time that Hayao Miyazaki directed a proper out and out kids films. And he had that kind of lingering over his whole career. And... So with Ponyo, he said he wanted to go back and uh, kind of almost take on Totoro and do another proper kids film. And Toshio Suzuki, who's Ghibli's kind of super producer, he said that Totoro became Miyazaki's enemy. And so he, he wanted to go out and like almost outdo Totoro as a kids film. And so that's why it does have such, I suppose, like extreme charm to it and positivity to it, because... Um, they said that after making Howl's Moving Castle, the previous Miyazaki film, which was quite dark, it's a lot of warfare and battle and emotional grey areas. This was going for the light, like just putting absolute joy on screen for 100 minutes. Yeah. Um. So was Ponyo, it's aimed at kids, is that why? More so than the previous Miyazaki ones like this is very much going for more of a kids crowd um so prior to this uh his previous three films were Howl's Moving Castle, Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke which are although you'd let kids in to the screening like there's there's elements of those films that are really scary like the the parents turning into pigs in Spirited Away like Princess Mononoke, a guy gets his arm cut off in the first two minutes. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. 
I've forgotten that, actually. Yeah, I haven't seen that I did that remember one. it being harrowing, but I didn't remember the art. First of all, actually, I have been pronouncing Studio Ghibli as Ghibli, and I feel like that so many people do. I, I'm only just realising now, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Just like, as <laughs> if you're watching them and you're excited, you say it however you like. It's absolutely... Because the name comes from a mistranslation in the first place and Ghibli themselves say that they got their spelling wrong because it's meant to be the gibbery was um, a, the, a wind that blows across uh, the, the Sahara and into Italy. And so it, in Italy, there was a, an aeroplane in the early 20th century called the Ghibli, which was named after that wind. And then Studio Ghibli took that, but then it all got bungled in the translation. So just say it however you like. Yeah, just go with it. On your podcast, you watch many uh, Ghibli movies. Um, how does how do the ones that are directed by Miyazaki like compare to the others? And what are some of your favourites? Oh, that's a really good question because I think Miyazaki as a director is the one that gets the most focus uh, a lot of the time because his films make a lot of money uh, and have like his uh, Spirited Away was the first foreign language film to also win the academy award for animation um and so like this commercial success and critical success uh worldwide is often focused on him and i think when you look at a miyazaki film um looking at the films he's made at ghibli you can kind of instantly recognize that they're his he has a certain drawing style um and there are certain story elements that carry across all of them um some more than others but you'll often get villains that aren't really villains like they, they exist in a moral gray area there's normally airplanes or sequences of people flying there's normally some lovely food to look at as a lot of the time there's a uh, a young girl kind of going out into the world uh, on a search for kind of independence um and so these are the elements that you can recognize in in his films and my favorite of his is my neighbor totoro um but beyond miyazaki that's where arguably like there's even more exciting stuff because they can they break apart the formula and you've got Isao Takahata who was the director that co-founded the studio uh, with Miyazaki his films are exist in a kind of more expressionistic realm and so there's a beautiful film of his called Only Yesterday which is about a uh, kind of 27 year old woman who's bored at her office job and takes a train out into the countryside and reminisces about her life as a kid and that's it it's like a, just a slice of life adult drama um and there's a section where it's like 10 minutes long and it's just the process of how rouge makeup gets made using the flowers that are grown in the farm and it's almost like an animated documentary it's incredible but it's such a story diversion that Miyazaki would probably never take it um but with these other directors, you see this beautiful freedom to actually go out and express themselves in their own way. Uh, and so always, I'm always encouraging people to kind of get outside of the, the Miyazaki films. But that's not nothing to say against the Miyazaki films, because they are commercially and critically successful for a reason, because they're very good. <laughs> well, Ponyo is just such a good gateway to getting into this type of film. I, I saw Spirited Away before I saw Ponyo, but... Um, I didn't go further than Spirited Away after I watched that, not that I didn't love it, but what what is it about Ponyo and the way that it's animated? Because I've heard the way that you and Michael have spoken about um, the animation and the way that they drew and brought colour to it and movement. Um, and I, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on 
why that's so mesmerizing when you watch Ponyo. Well, I think with animation, there's always this thing that's maybe subconsciously in the back of your mind thinking like someone drew this, which I, I always think about because it's just mad to me, particularly with 2D drawn animation. You think, God, there is some, there are so many people out there, animators that are talented enough to actually spend so much time actually just drawing these things over and over again. And I think that is uh, always there and always kind of impressive. Um, but those films that I just mentioned, Mononoke, Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, uh, that's an era where CGI was creeping into what Ghibli were doing. And Ghibli always get kind of held up as this pantheon of classic animation and they're like so much better than what everyone else is doing. And they would never use CG, but actually they do and they have done for years. Um, and then after Howl's Moving Castle, Hayao Miyazaki said, right, that's it. I'm not doing it anymore. And I'm going back to 2D. Uh, and so... This film was made up of 170,000 individual hand-drawn frames uh, just to make up, what is that? Yeah, it's like 100 minutes, 95 minutes or so. Um, and they slightly changed their style for it. But you've got, so as well as that decreased detail, you've got more movement. So like things are moving all the time in Ponyo and like even in the backgrounds, like those sequences with the waves. And a lot of the time, uh, Hayao Miyazaki himself was the one that was animating those waves. He was so invested in how this film moved. And you watch those waves, it's all beautiful curves. And this film has few straight lines. It is all curves, it's all movement. And so you're just going totally, literally swept along with it because that's in how it's been drawn. <laughs> That's just made me think. Did um, Jake? Do you watch the films um, with English dubbing or with uh, subtitles? Um, well, I know like there would be some anime purists out there who would hate me for saying this, but I don't really mind. Uh, I I think the the subs are great, uh, but the if you so I was lucky enough to go out to Japan and um, talk to a chap called Jeff Wexler who worked on the international versions of the films. And so it was his job to facilitate that process. And he, he said, like, well, if you're reading the subtitles, why then you're not looking at the animators work. Um, and so they put in so much effort into they would they would hate me for saying dub. They would they would say English version. Um, but the the they cast a lot of like really great performers, particularly in Ponyo. I think Lisa, played by Tina Fey, is amazing in this. Um but they, they work on the script for the English language one at the same time that they're making the Japanese one. Uh, so it's not just done afterwards to try and like jerry-rig it into position. Like it is all done in such a way that when you do watch that English version, it feels like it was meant to be. Wow, incredible knowledge. That is very cool to have that context. You have a book coming out. What, tell us about your book. It's it's written by myself and Michael Leader, who's the co-host of the podcast, and it's kind of an adaptation of the podcast. Um, and so each chapter of it is a Ghibli film, and in the same way that our podcast was structured in a way that Michael would reveal the history and context between each release, so looking at the box office, who's behind the scenes, critical reception, that kind of thing. Uh, so he takes half a chapter on that and I take the other half to actually review it. Yeah, it's out now and uh, it's uh, a great kind of guide for anyone who's maybe curious about Ghibli or has seen them all and wants to kind of go a bit deeper into what was going on behind the scenes. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. Um, yeah, so interesting to hear you speak about the films. Um, thank you. 
thank you so much. What an absolute pleasure. Uh, what an honour to be on the show as well. Thank you. So, girls, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are that I've been missing out all this time. And even though I watched Spirited Away, Ponyo was just such an excellent second anime film for me to watch. I got swept away with it. It made me feel very calm. And I'm really looking forward to diving into some more films. Completely agree. I um, can't wait to watch more anime films. And actually, I can't wait to read Jake's book uh, to like research more into that and it just jake was also just such a great person to listen to so actually i'm gonna check out their podcast fabulous yeah i was gonna i was gonna go to kiki's delivery service next but i think now since talking with jake i'm gonna do my neighbor to toro because that one sounds on the ponyo vibe so yeah much more ghibli in store lovely lovely ghibli Lively Ghibli. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode of Frank Film Club. If you did, please give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. It will be hugely appreciated. Um, next week, we're going to be watching Sound of Metal, which was directed by Darius Marder and released in 2019. It's available to watch on Amazon Prime, so give it a watch. We're actually going to have a special guest on the podcast, um, one of the producers of the film, Sasha Ben-Horash, um, and he gives us some really cool insights into the filmmaking process. So give it a watch and see you next week. Bye. This podcast was presented by Wrapped.